I am Melissa Moncrief, and my husband and I have been attending Centerpoint in Wetumpka for about three years, and I want to tell you how glad I am that the Lord is watching over me. About four years ago, um, I had my first seizure, and I was diagnosed with epilepsy. Seizures are very scary. They brought about a, a time of fear, depression, much anxiety. The uncertainty just made me feel fear, constant fear. It took me a long time before I was able to turn this over to the Lord. I was convinced I could handle this on my own. I felt very self-sufficient, but epilepsy takes a lot of your self-sufficiency away from you. One night um, after a big seizure, about two and a half years into having epilepsy, I was trying, struggling to go back to sleep and there was a song came to, my, to mind. We had been practicing for Praise Band. Yes, I will. Just thinking about the lyrics. Yes, I will lift you high in the darkest valley. Yes, I will praise your name. And thinking about that is what led me to realize I had not been lifting him high in my darkest valley. This was my darkest valley and I wasn't lifting him high. I wasn't praising his name. And that's what I wanted to do. And that was my turnaround point. After I decided to praise God through the storm, there was a medication increase to try to get the seizures under control. And it led to, it led to depression as a side effect of the medication. I called my doctor and the doctor suggested a different medicine instead. And with that medication change, the seizures stopped. The very first day I took the new medication, the seizures were ended right there. It's been a year and a half since my last seizure and I am praising God every day and I'm so glad he's watching over me. Yeah, you can applaud that, sure. Hey, a major theme in the Bible is this, that God has always taken care of his people like a good shepherd takes care of his sheep. And today, I want to remind us as we wrap up this series that you're in the story, that he's still doing that. God is still taking care of his people like Melissa, like you, like me. If that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? Amen. Yeah, and sometimes we forget that when life turns south or when things get hard. And today, we just need to be reminded that those promises in the Bible about God being a good shepherd, they weren't just for David and Abraham and Moses. They were all shepherds, and they understood that better than we did. They're for us, too. And so uh, that's why today we want to spend a little time unpacking the 23rd Psalm. I've asked my wife, Debbie, to join me on this because she's got some great insights, as you will see. Uh, we've learned a lot about this together. But before we uh, I ask her to pray for us, let me just read this verse to us. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker, for he is our God. We're the people he watches over, the flock under his care. That's you and me. And today, we're going to learn from him, and we're going to ask God to reveal to us, hey, what does it mean to be a shepherd? Because most of us don't know. We don't hang around sheep much. And there's a lot of insight here that's important for us so we can understand what kind of relationship God wants us to have with him. Would you pray for us, please? Sure. Let's pray together. Holy Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the um, ability to come together and worship you together. 
Lord, I just pray that you would open up our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, come. Come and speak to us this morning. Teach us. Encourage us. Um, take us where you want us to go with this time. Lord, we surrender um, our hearts and minds to you and are expectingly waiting for you to come and teach us, Lord. Thank you for being here. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, this is a big theme, especially in the Old Testament, but Jesus talks about being our good shepherd too. And so if we're going to understand this, there's probably no better passage that will help us grasp what that means that the Lord is our shepherd than the 23rd Psalm. I mean, it's famous. It's read at funerals. It's read at all kinds of worship experiences for Christians throughout the centuries. So I'd like for us to read it together. I've got the New International Version here on, on this. It'll be on the screen. It's in your uh, bulletin if you're worshiping with us online. It's on our outline there too. But um, I'd like for us to read it together. Would you read this with me, please? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, that meant a lot to David. He was a shepherd. But like I said, for you and me, most of us, we're not. Never even been around sheep. What does all that mean? Well, first of all, to set the stage properly, we need to remind ourselves of a couple important things, that sheep need a shepherd. They do. Here are three good reasons why. Sheep are stupid, sheep are fearful, and sheep are defenseless, okay? That's true. It's very true. And Debbie, I asked you to join me on this today because you had an experience with sheep one time that pretty much verified all these things. Yeah, it did. I, I don't know sheep very well, but this one experience that I had, I'm, I'm still trying to get over, actually. Um, <laughs> it happened about 25 years ago. We were on staff at Fraser in Montgomery, and um, John was a college minister there, and part of that job required him to be in charge of a live nativity scene every Christmas. Yeah, we would put a little pen out right next to the Atlanta Highway. I mean, it was a... There was like a shelter for a manger. Yeah, and then we'd have college students from our ministry. They would dress up like shepherds and angels and Mary and Joseph. And every half hour, we'd kind of read through the Christmas story, and crowds would gather around, and it was kind of a come-and-go thing. And you could reach over the fence and pet the sheep. And it was, it was supposed to be a neat thing. But anyway, this one time... Yeah, I ruined the whole thing. But anyway, okay. <laughs> um, in between one of those... Um, readings, I had come up there. My boys were home in bed, and I thought, ooh, this is going to be so fun. I'll go up there. And I, I just thought it would be a fun thing to meet the sheep. And these were, these were not sweet little lambs. These were big, like three or four big old sheep. Linebackers. And so I thought, oh, I'll just go in the pen because they were on the other side, and I wanted to pet them. So I opened the gate. And, um, and I'm convinced these sheep were playing this the whole time. But anyway, I opened the gate, and I mean, they 
took off, plowed over me, ran out of the gate. Now, Frazier, if you're not familiar with it, is on Atlanta Highway. It's a very busy, busy place to be at Christmas time. Walmart was across the street at the time, a Sonic. I mean, cars were everywhere. It was nighttime. And all of a sudden, these four big sheep are just going nuts, just scattering. But fortunately, we had college students dressed up like shepherds, screaming, chasing them, waving their arms, which helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite something. I think one of them we captured at Sonic and one of them, I was, I immediately burst into tears. We, I grabbed the angels and we were all praying and we were just, it's like, Lord, please. I was just terrified. I knew I was in big, big trouble. But um, it, when I thought about this letter, because uh, it was miraculous, it really was. I mean, no shepherds died and no sheep were hit, <laughs> and it was really um, quite remarkable. But the thing that stuck out to me later was these sheep, sheep did the stupidest thing you could possibly do. They left a pen where they were safe, and they ran out onto the Atlanta Highway in the middle of traffic at nighttime. And, you know, they were used, these sheep were pets, and they were used to being at home with their owner and their own spot, and that was where they were comfortable because they had their own shepherds at home, and they did not recognize their shepherds Oh, yeah, at the all, people dressed like shepherds, yeah, no, the people dressed like shepherds were not yeah, trained shepherds. Yeah, they didn't work though. for yeah. these sheep. So, anyway, but, you know, the funny thing is these sheep did the worst thing possible they were stupid, and they got themselves in a dangerous situation because they were afraid. And Scripture refers to us as the sheep. And so we're the sheep in that story. And there are lots of times when we are running around afraid, scared, have no idea what we're doing, where we're going, have no direction whatsoever. Right. So, need to, so to unpack the 23rd Psalm correctly, we need to understand a couple of things. Sheep need a shepherd. Could we say that together, please? Sheep, sheep need, need a, a shepherd. shepherd. Second thing we need to understand is we are like sheep. Can we say that? We, we are, are like, like sheep. sheep. Yeah, and it's not just my opinion on this. In fact, listen to Isaiah 53, 6. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We've left God's paths to follow our own. And Jesus, when he was riding into, or when he came to Jerusalem, he, he saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I mean, when Jesus would teach people, he saw how fearful and confused and how many stupid things we got ourselves into. It broke his heart. And so we need a shepherd. And that's why we want to unpack the 23rd Psalm here, kind of phrase by phrase, going through this. Because it's not just a promise for people who lived thousands of years ago. These are promises of God that are for you and me today. And it is so encouraging. Because God is still taking care of his people like a good shepherd takes care of his sheep. He's still doing that. So we're going to walk through phrase by phrase. First of all, we need to understand that God provides our needs. God provides for our needs. I mean, David said it this way, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet water. What does that mean to you? That means I won't need anything. He's going to take care of me and, and provide what I need. It may not be what I want, but it's what I need. 
In fact, that next scripture in Philippians says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He, um, he always takes care of us. He knows better what I need than I do. I remember years ago, we went camping um, in Colorado. We had a group of kids. We were on staff with Young Life. We had a group of kids that we went backpacking with in the middle of the Colorado Rockies. And they dropped us off um, at the beginning of the week and picked us up at the end of the week. And we had been hiking for several days and had not seen anybody outside of our group. And I remember coming over this mountain, and it was, it was gorgeous. But we came over this mountain, and we looked down into this valley. And there was a shepherd and this whole flock of sheep down in this grassy valley. And it was so peaceful. It just reminded me of that, um, those verses that we just said, that he makes me lie down in green pastures. And it just struck me the shepherd was the only person there. This whole flock was content because this one shepherd, the sheep had no idea how to get there or where they were going the next day, or I'm sure there was a water supply and the shepherd knew all those things, but he was leading and guiding them and taking care of them, providing for all of their needs. And it was so peaceful. And I think that's what God wants for us. Yeah, there were no roads in or out of there. There was no hay truck feeding them hay. There were no water troughs and other things. They were completely dependent on getting there and getting out of there. And it really strikes you when you see a flock being led by a shepherd they're going to have to move. I mean, that grass wasn't enough to feed them for the rest of their lives. There was enough grass on that hillside there for a few days probably, but they were going to have to move and go to the next spot. And like Debbie said, where the water was, I didn't know, but the shepherd guiding them did. And so they had peace. I mean, when David was talking about, let me tell you about my relationship with the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't worry about where provision's going to come from because I trust him to provide for me. He takes care of all of my needs. And then he went on to say that he restores my soul. God restores our souls. See, when we get all anxious and afraid, all filled with worry or anger that things aren't turning out the way we think, I mean, our lives can just get wrecked. We can be balled up and grief or shame or regret about the past. We can be consumed with concern about the future. And we can't even enjoy life. But David even said that. He said, you know, I trust that God will provide for me and that he restores my soul. It is, it's wonderful. It's what Jesus said too in Matthew 11, uh, 28 and 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your souls. And that's good news, isn't it? Oh, it's great news because if I'm the sheep in this story, I'm the stupid one. I don't know what's going on and I don't have to figure it out. I mean, how happy is that? I don't have to figure it all out. And David said, so this is how we find peace. I mean, it's what Jesus promised his disciples. He said, in this world, you're going to have lots of trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And I'm going to give you a gift the world can't give. I'm going to give you peace of heart and mind. I'm going to give you my peace. Ah, 
This is what God wants us to have. It's what David said. That's the way I experience God. And what Debbie said next is where David goes next is that God guides us. David said, he guides me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, when you're up in the mountains, you're following these trails. There's a trail that goes to the left, a trail in the middle, a trail goes to the right, and there's a few others. Well, which one do we take? Well, we had guides for us because we wouldn't have known. When you take the wrong trail, you go the wrong way. But the shepherd knows. It's the same way in your life and mine. We have decisions to make. Where do we live? When do you get married? What job do you take? When do you move? I don't know. You don't know. But guess who does? God knows. The shepherd. Our shepherd. The Lord says, I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'll advise you and watch over you. I mean, David wrote that too in Psalm 32. I'll guide you. Just stay close to me. You don't know where the water is. You don't know where the grass is. You're all worried and anxious. I'll give you rest for your souls. Just follow me. And in John 14, you wanted this verse in there. Would you read that? I did. Um, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or counselor who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who, speak, who leads into all truth. This was Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he was about to die and leave them physically. And he said, but you know what? I'm not going to leave you alone like an orphan. I'm going to send someone else. It's the Holy Spirit. And he's never going to leave you. And I just, I love that verse. It's so comforting to me because he's still my guide. The Holy Spirit is my guide. He speaks to me. Now, he can speak to me in lots of different ways. It could be through his word. Sometimes it's through a friend that he's led to encourage me a certain way. Sometimes it's that still, small voice as I'm praying um, or as I'm reading his word. He just it just jumps out at me, and I know he's leading me. He's telling me what to do, and that gives me great, great comfort. Yeah, and I mean, he does it for us as a family, too. There's times when we've prayed about things for our kids and for our family, and then, oh, it'll become abundantly clear. Oh, God's lined all this up. Now's the time. Here's the place. This is the way you should go. Walk in it. And David said, that's the kind of relationship I have with God. He provides for me. He restores my soul. He guides me along the right pathway for my life. I don't have to figure it all out. And God comforts and protects us. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I mean, when you see a flock of sheep out in a valley somewhere, there are no fences. There's nothing protecting, just the shepherd. But the sheep lie down in peace and they have comfort because they trust that the shepherd is watching out for them. I mean, David knew all about that. He slept out in the open field with the sheep that his father had assigned for him to watch. And when a lion or a bear or a wolf came, he'd use a club, his rod, or he'd use a shepherd's staff to pull the sheep away. He would go out there and defend them. And the sheep knew that. And so they could rest and have peace. A couple of scriptures that are amazing here. Psalm 91, the Lord says, I'll rescue those who love me. I'll protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I'll answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. And if you're happy about this mor that this morning, would you say amen? Amen. Oh, that's such good news. Maybe you needed to hear that today. 
uh, somebody at our last service, they came up to afterward, they said, uh, I can't believe, I, I needed to hear that so much. I needed to know that God is protecting me. They're going through some really challenging times right now. And Debbie, Psalm 4.8 says even more. Would you read that? In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. In peace I will lie down and sleep. Oh, man, I need that. There are a lot of times, especially as a mom, that I can lay awake at night dreaming up all kinds of horrible things that are going to happen to my kids <laughs> and, you know, projecting. And I'm, I'm right there with you, right? You are snoring and <laughs> just totally unaware, which is highly annoying. But anyway, um, my, mind gets, going, my yeah. mind gets going and it's like I can't turn it off and I'm just, you know, all kinds of things. And I know if I'm in fear and I'm feeling anxious and worried, that's not from the Lord. And Satan wants me to be up all night worried and afraid. And so I have to recognize that. That's not from the Lord. I have to recognize that. I have to take my thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And so sometimes that looks like getting up out of bed and going to pray and maybe um, reading my Bible or singing a praise song. Because when I try, I ask God to change my thoughts well, I need to put something else in there to give me peace. And so reading scripture or singing a praise song can do that. Or laying there and praying is like, Lord, I trust you. I'm not worried about the future. I don't, I'm a stupid sheep. I don't know what's coming. But you do, and I trust you. Yeah, this is a verse that if you have trouble sleeping at night, please write this reference down, circle this, go home and memorize it. Oh, I hold this verse dear. In fact, could we read this out loud together, please? In peace, I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. What a wonderful promise. David knew what it was like to lay next to the sheep. Sheep didn't have to worry. They're defenseless anyway. What can a sheep do against a wolf or a lion? But David said, I'd go grab that uh, animal by the back of the neck and I'd bash him over the head with a rod and I'd take the sheep out of its mouth because he knew what it meant to be a good shepherd. And he said, that's the way God takes care of me. This is the kind of relationship God wants us to realize that he offers us. It wasn't just for David. It's for all who come to him. Hmm. But not only does God guide us and protect us and provide for us, God also honors us and blesses us. David said there's even more. I mean, he doesn't let me just get by in this world. He gives me great blessing. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, which was a sign of great honor, until my cup overflows. Uh, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. He said, God, you bless me. I mean, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. As I've gotten older, and we've both gotten older. Is, is that okay to say? I guess. Okay, anyway, <laughs> as we've gotten older, okay, yeah, looking back, God's goodness and mercy have followed us. He has blessed us way more than we even realized at the time. If as you've gotten older, you've realized God was blessing you in ways you didn't even recognize at the time, would you raise your hand? A lot of hands going up. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. And David says, God even goes one better than that. He said, there were people who wanted to do David in. 
He had political enemies. He had military enemies who were out to kill him. He said, God will bless me in full view of them. And even in full view of the devil, the enemy of our souls, the roaring lion who seeks to devour you and me, God will bless us in full view of the devil himself, saying, this child is mine. I've got my hand on him. Let that sink in. That's who you are. That's why it's so important to realize we're in this story. That's not just a promise for people who lived 2,500, 3,500 years ago. It's a story for you and me. And finally, God will take us home to live with him forever in heaven. David said, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So he's going to take care of everything I need guide me, even bless me in this world, and then when it comes time for me to die, he's going to take me home. I can live with him forever. And I need a shepherd for that. I don't know the way to heaven. But the Lord does, and he'll take me there. Would you read a few more verses from John 14? John 14, 2 and 3. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. I mean, this is Jesus' heart for you and me. He's preparing a place for us in heaven so we can always be with him. He wants to be with us. He wants us to be with him. We're the ones who wander off. We're the ones who get fearful and afraid. We're the ones when he calls us to follow him, go, oh, I don't know. I've got to think about that. And we get ourselves in all kinds of grief. And that brings us to the last point here. Jesus is the good shepherd who watches over us. He is our good shepherd. He wants us to trust him the way David said in that psalm, staying close to him. In fact, in John 10, he unpacks all this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. In another version, it says uh, where it says, "I know my sheep, and my sheep know me." It says, "They know my voice." And I I love that because um, it's the way sheep really operate is they recognize the voice of their shepherd. In fact, if you go and Google sheep and shepherd, whatever, there's, a, there's some videos that come up that um, in a lot of places, multiple shepherds will bring their flocks together to water at a certain place. And then when it's time to go, they'll call their sheep and their sheep will come out from a multitude and follow them away. They won't follow anyone except their shepherd because they know his voice that well. And it's such a powerful illustration of what God wants us to do. We are to learn his voice so that we can hear him above all the other noise in our life. But we could hear his voice and follow his leading. Yeah, and 
I just want to bring us back around. The 23rd Psalm starts with this statement. The Lord is my shepherd. David said he's my shepherd. He didn't just say God is a shepherd. He said he's my shepherd. When I introduced Debbie today, I didn't say Debbie is a wife. She's my wife. I mean, that matters. Yeah. Well, you should be more enthusiastic. But anyway, that's fine. Yeah, I guess. Okay, whatever. Yes. But, okay. All right. But she's my wife. That changes. That tells you, well, that changes the entire relationship. Well, if he's my shepherd, that changes the entire relationship too. I don't have to know the best place to find water. The shepherd knows. I don't have to be afraid. He'll protect me. He'll even take me to heaven when I die. But I have to stay close. I can't hear his voice if I'm 10 miles away, and neither can you. This is the kind of relationship God wants with us, and it's why Jesus wept over people like sheep without a shepherd, and they wouldn't come. But here's the most amazing thing. One more scripture. Even when we wander away, remember Jesus said, there's sheep that I need to get in the pen that aren't here yet. I want them to be part of the flock. Jesus told this story in Luke 15. He said, if a man has 100 sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he'll joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he'll call together his friends and his neighbors saying, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. I don't know if you thought about it yet, but the day you came to Jesus, angels in heaven were rejoicing, throwing a party. John Schmidt came to Jesus. Yeah. Well, it was better than that. Anyway, <laughs> but can you imagine? I mean, that strikes me sometimes. The angels in heaven rejoiced on the day when I surrendered my life to him. And that's why we will never, as long as we have breath in our lungs, we need to keep praying for our friends and relatives and neighbors, our parents, our brothers, our sisters, classmates, coworkers, anybody who doesn't know Christ. Oh, you need to know the Lord because then you don't have to be afraid. You need to know the Lord. You can have a relationship with him. You don't have to figure life out. You need to know the Lord. He'll take you home safely even after you die. He'll restore your soul. He'll forgive all your sins. It's why you come to Jesus. He's our good shepherd. We're in the story. It's still going on. Will you pray with me? Oh, Lord Jesus, just remind us of this. Oh, forgive us for times when we are stubborn and stiff-necked like sheep without a shepherd. Forgive us, Lord, when we do stupid things and then make it worse by running away from you. Father, we're so fearful and afraid. We're absolutely defenseless against the evil one on our own strength. He's way smarter and way stronger than we are. Lord, you have to be our protector, our provider, our guide. We don't even know the way to heaven. How could we find our way there? Oh, Lord, thank you that you are the great shepherd, that you're a good shepherd. If the Lord spoke to you about anything today where you're not trusting him for provision, or protection, or for guidance, would you surrender it right now and say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, for being so stubborn. Forgive me. I surrender my life to you. 
And if this morning you know of someone who's far away from God, they are 10 miles away from God. They're bound up in an addiction. They're bound up in a sinful lifestyle. They're chasing after all the money and pleasure the world can offer, and they don't think about God at all, and they're bringing all kinds of pain into their lives. Pray for that person right now. Pray for one person right now who needs to be in the flock but isn't. Lift up a lost sheep in your life and say, God, bring them home. And if I can help carry them back, I'll carry them back. Just show me what my part is. Oh, Lord, we thank you that the angels in heaven are rejoicing today. There are people all over the world who are making commitments to you right now. And God, we pray that you'd allow us to be megaphones of good news, that we have a good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He gives me all I need. We pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus, the good shepherd. Amen.